when people try to, let's say, conceive during Saturn periods, it doesn't go great. And people do it all the time. When people try to um, kind of create something new, it becomes on some level an unintentional self-fulfilling prophecy because we're meant to cut back under those influences. Hello, Radically Loved One. I am so excited to announce a couple of fun events that are happening next year because I am excited for 2019 to be <laughs> to be done. So looking forward to 2020, we have two big retreats coming up next year. The first one is in Scotland and that's in May. I'm excited because Tori is actually gonna help me facilitate that one and it is finding your life's purpose. So if you've ever been curious about discovering what your dharma is, what your purpose is, or you're just looking for a different career change or you're wanting to figure out what your highest purpose is, this retreat is for you. We spent a week in this beautiful estate. The Dunsky Castle is close by and we get an opportunity to just sit in circle and talk about the different things that create your specific medicine and purpose. And the next retreat we're doing is next summer and it's with international yoga. It's the art of intention. It's a yoga and meditation retreat and it's the first time I'm doing a retreat in Hawaii. We're going to Hana and you can get more information by going to internationalyoga.com. If you register before the end of November, you can still qualify to get $400 off. This will be the third time I'm doing this particular theme. It's been two years since I've done an Art of Intention retreat, and I know that we're gonna get a really incredible group of people gathered to set a powerful intention, to get really clear and realign with what it is that you wanna achieve in life. So two big retreats next year, two different opportunities to get together and to actually be able to work closely and have a really incredible transformative experience. And if you can't join in person, there will be several opportunities to work with me online. Just sign up for my newsletter so you can be the first to know to register for a couple of online offerings that we have rolling out here in the next couple months. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. I am so, so excited to have this special guest today because I've been a fan of her podcast for a minute, and I am just so excited that this is my job because I get to talk to people like her all the time, especially her, because we have so many questions for her. In fact, I two of my friends are also fans, so I'm hoping to sneak their questions in during this session. But Jessica Lignato, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. Thank you so much. And good job on my name. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, yes. Thanks you so much for having me. got it. <laughs> like, you got it. And I'm so excited now that we're doing, we're doing video on our show. You know, we, for the longest time, I would just do these interviews, especially if they were via Skype or Zoom. Um, we wouldn't have video. Oh, my God. There's Chewy. Can you... Hear him? He's playing. I can't. 
All right, fine. Oh, wait, we'll just... a, a little bit I could, but it was cute sounding. <laughs> Whatever. You know, everybody so knows cute. I have a dog, you guys. This is my recording studios in my home. So we'll just, we'll, <laughs> we'll just. That's adorable. Is that a chew toy or is that Chewy himself? No, it's a chew toy. He's just I would, squeaking. I wish you would just tell me that when he barks, that's what it sounds like. Can you imagine? I can right now because I'm literally imagining it. And it's so cute. My mind's God. so cute. <laughs> All right. Well, Jessica, for the people that have lived under a rock the last uh, couple of years and don't know who you are, can you tell us a, just a brief summary of what you do and who you are? Totally. Thank you. And I love it that you think they'd have to live under a rock. That's very nice. Um, okay. I'm an astrologer and I have been in private practice since the mid 90s and I've been doing it full time since 99. I am a psychic and a medium and I do medical intuitive work. I am a tarot reader. What else can I tell you? I have an adorable app. So I created an app somehow um, called Tiny Spark and it's like a little magic eight ball app, but I really see it as a resource for checking in with intuition, which is maybe I'm not trying to sell it or anything. I'm just saying, um, what else do I do? I feel like I do other things. I have a podcast. I have a book coming out. I guess I'm a writer. I guess I do a lot of things. (laughs) And I'm an animal communicator. Don't forget to say that because Chewy's sitting there just thinking about kibble. The minute you said that, he just stopped. Really? Yeah. He's, he's, he's been showing me kibble since before. Do you, does he eat like these round pieces of kibble? He does. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's oh obsessed God, with his kibble right now. I don't know why. Did you take it away or something? Uh, you know, I didn't put kibble in his, in his thing this morning. I he's, put a little bit of egg. Yeah. He, he's looking for the kibble. He's, sorry, I should have told you that before we even started recording. But as oh soon as, as soon as you mentioned that that Chewy came in the room, he just started showing me the kibble. It's just like this round brown love. Oh my God. Should I go put some in his bowl I right now? I think you should. I think okay, he'll be quieter. Okay. I'll see you soon. Okay. okay. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Does he love oh. it? He, he's he like hard heard, at work. He heard me put it in. <laughs> he's just kind of like looking at me and looking at towards the kitchen. So we'll see. I think, I think he'll be more chill from it. I mean, that was what he was showing me. I mean, and it could just be, you know, a lot of times dogs are like, they're just fixated on specifics and they yes. want their specifics. So, but he was really excited about that kibble. That is that. I love that you knew that. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about all the things. Let's get into it. I think as we grow and as we evolve and as the times change, I noticed there's been a huge surge of desire for information of these more esoteric practices. You know, there's a lot more happening with people wanting to understand crystals more or, you know, tarot readings or astrology and numerology. And there's Enneagrams and all these different ways to learn about yourself. So for you, what was it that spoke to you? Or when did you tap into your own intuitive desire to create this as your career? Mm. You know, I went, when I went to high school exams, I would always have hematite in my pockets uh, because I knew that it was a grounding stone and I wanted to be grounded. Like I always had an interest in the esoteric. I got my first astrology book for a birthday present when I was 12. Like I've always been into it. And so I, I was basically, I was 19 years old when I moved to San Francisco in 1994. And I did it to become an astrologer. Never thought I should go to university. Never thought, what should I do with my life? I just always knew that I wanted to do this work. And 
at the time, I didn't believe in psychic ability. I didn't believe that one could communicate with animals. Those things kind of came over the course of many years of private practice. And it was kind of like I couldn't deny my skills. And there was this organic building. And then somewhere in my late 30s, the world caught up and it became on trend, which is kind of exciting for me. Um, But astrology, I will say, has a cyclical form of acceptance and a cyclical form of kind of falling out of grace with the dominant culture. And I, you know, anyways, so I I was about to go off on a tangent about that. But I think that um, for me, it was always there. It was just always there. It was something I was always into. Never chose it. It kind of chose me, I guess. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for being able to tap into that, you know, oh, there he goes with this chew toy. He's so Uh cute though. He's so cute. It makes it better. (laughs) So for you to be able to tap into that, was it something that came easy for you or was it something that maybe you denied for a long time and you were like, okay, I can't really pay attention to this right now because I'm trying to be like a normal person. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. So tell me about that and what happened for you to actually come to this place where you embraced it and this became your your career? Mm-hmm. Well, I was already practicing as a, an astrologer, which is really an analytic practice. It's kind of the way that astrology kind of works, like a, being a consulting astrologer, because there's a lot of ways of being an astrologer. You know, I have friends who are astrologers, who are scholars, who are teachers, who are writers, as opposed to counselors. I'm very much a counselor. And so the way that I think of like at being a consulting astrologer, it's kind of like the study of astrology is like building a sailboat, but the interpretation and the holding space for people is kind of like the wind catching the sails. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's an element of intuition that is required, you know, to synthesize data, which I think is true for any kind of consultant, you know, a good lawyer, a good uh, person, you know, a good therapist, a good person in marketing, you know, needs mm-hmm. that intuition. But it's not necessarily inherently an intuitive practice. A lot of astrologers I know are hyper kind of critical, analytical, and that's just, they're just weirdos like me and they're into this kind of, uh, kind of stuff. But it was through counseling people that I, I had more and more experiences with people where they insisted I was being psychic, where they insisted that I could talk to their dead relatives. And I was just like, eh. Eh, I can't do those things, or it's like a lucky, a lucky coincidence, or whatever. And over the course of time, because I was consulting again as the astrologer, I I had this evidence over and over again that I did have psychic ability or the ability to communicate with the dead. And at a certain point, I couldn't deny it anymore, and it became this massive issue in my life. And when I say issue, I mean, it was hard. It was really difficult. And I look back and I'm like, oh, I was always psychic. I was always a medium. And I understand a lot of my childhood and my young adulthood in the context of that now, Mm -hmm. but at the time I didn't. And so I really, I wouldn't say that I resisted it, but I wouldn't say that saying I resisted it would be inaccurate. Like I dragged my heels is probably the best way to put Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Yeah. 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 That I get that. It cost a lot. You know, it was when I realized, okay, I have these skills and I, and I want to use them to help people. You know, 
I had to start taking greater responsibility for my self-care. I, I couldn't keep on smoking weed. You know, for me, right. it was just like, I had to, I had to let it go. Yeah. And I had to like, let go of a lot of things that I did that weren't especially healthy because my guides were like, do you want a deep container or do you want to walk around with a sieve? You have a choice to make. And, um, you know, I, I chose, I chose to do the work. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, um, did I answer that question? Yeah, you did. And I think more, mostly what I like to hear from people is how they can overcome that obstacle, that the obstacle of self-doubt or that obstacle of insecurity when you, you feel called to do something that's not the norm. Yeah. You know, I, I would say to that a couple of things. The first is that I, I really feel like part of the way of doing that is being willing to have people disagree with you. Most of my life, people rolled their eyes when I told them I didn't astrology for a living or that I was an intuitive. In fact, I didn't use the word psychic publicly for many years because of people's stigma and judgments around that word. And I think if we can have tolerance for other people being in contrast to us, then their contrast doesn't have to define us. Mm. And that is a little bit of something that I think comes with age, honestly. Like, I don't know that you can rush that. Um, So it either comes with age or trauma, usually, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think part of the, like, in the meantime answer is to keep on remembering what your choice is, not what's happening right now and whether or not you're good enough, but instead, like, well, what do I choose? What is my truth? Because then it kind of helps you put one foot in front of the other, which is ultimately what it is, you know, any spiritual path, any, any path at all. It's just one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that you, you speak to that. And even when you're doing answering questions on your podcast or you're speaking to the same topic on, on your show, and I, I'm sure you speak about it in your writing and everything else that you're doing. Um, I want to be able to also discuss the effects of the cosmos on our energetic field, right? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the main questions that I had because we were, you know, we were supposed to talk a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Mercury's in retrograde and I'm feeling like my life is falling apart. And, you know, I, I have this friend who is so, you know, I, I I've had this friend for years, like over 20 years. And She's so the opposite of me. Like she's definitely more of a realist. She doesn't really buy into the, she doesn't, she still doesn't understand the concept of yoga or what meditation does for you. And wow. so when I'm when I'm talking about how I feel that like communication's all weird and I feel like all these things keep falling through and things are kind of falling apart. And it's almost like expected at this point with the energy. And then I realized that Mercury was in retrograde and I was like, oh, okay, that made me feel a little bit better. And she's like, oh, I don't. I don't know why you believe in that. I don't know that that has any effect. I think it's all psychological. Sure. I mean, that makes sense because the sun doesn't have any impact on humans. Neither does the moon. We're totally impervious to the world around us. That's sarcasm. I'm sorry. That was sarcasm. And this is, (laughs) I know you're like, what kind of astrologer is she? No, I think, I think there's a lot of things about it, right? I think one is when we live in cities in our like industrial societies, right? (laughs) 
We think of ourselves as like we turn on the light and it's bright and we turn off the light and it's dark. We are in control of our environments. We are not interconnected. The internet is interconnected, but we are not interconnected. That's kind of what our world perpetuates. And it makes sense. I have evidence. If I turn on the internet, I can connect to you. And when I turn off the internet, I cannot connect to you. It's objective and we all share that reality, right? However, when we talk about, let's say, the cycles of the moon, for those of us who have menstruation, right? We, some of us, our cycle, our cycles, our menstrual cycles are synced with the moon. Some of us are not. For those of us who our menstrual cycles are synced with the moon, that feels evidentiary, right? It feels like, oh, well, I know <laughs> the cycles of the moon and my right. body are synced. Right. But for everybody else, it just seems like more hoo-ha. And I think that this is where we come down to if you're looking for evidence in some ways, it's kind of easier to find it. Like you were like, my life is falling apart. Oh shit, Mercury is retrograde. And that makes sense. Now, TBH, it was also eclipse season, which is why it was not just in the month month of July, 2019. It wasn't just that uh, communication was wonky. It's that because of the two eclipses, solar and lunar eclipse, it felt so deep. It felt so personal. It felt like what, what we were not getting was directly impacting the sustainability of our choices and our lives. And so a lot of people who aren't like super Mercury retrograde oriented, this Mercury retrograde season, we're like, OMG, I guess it's real. But it was actually the eclipses. And so this is another thing that I think impacts people like your friends' attitudes is there's a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions. And so a lot of times people are like, well, I know I'm going through my Saturn return and I'm 23. And I'm like, well, girl, just because Saturn returns, the only transit you know the name of doesn't mean you're going through your Saturn return. You cannot at 23. And so there's like a lot of misinformation that exists. And so people who are looking for like hard evidence beyond something like a moon cycle, it's hard to know where to get it. And you have to be really interested to do the research, which most people who don't resonate with it aren't interested enough to do the research. Yeah. Totally, totally. But a lot of what I've noticed, which is really interesting, is that in terms of my clients, and I've been doing this work for many years, and I've talked to other astrologers of all genders about this, the bulk of my clients are women. Um, However, there are a ton of male astrologers. And what I've come to find is when men are astrology fans, they become astrologers. They become scholars of it. They study it. They want to understand it and like know it and use it. And that's really interesting to me too, Mm. because there's a lot of this like naysaying of astrology that happens from men, in particular straight men. And this is, I'm not trying to like stereotype or pigeonhole people, but it's Mm -hmm. just, I've been interviewed about it for magazines and stuff like that. It's kind of like a a demographics thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is because they don't study. And if they studied it, instead of just looking at horoscopes, um, then they might have a really different attitude. And one more thing I would just say about your friend is that astrology is not a belief system. And I think a lot of times people get confused about astrology being a belief system. And when asked to believe in something, a lot people are like, I'm too good for that. <laughs> you know, I'm too critical of a thinker for that. And astrology is not a belief system. It's a tool for understanding. Mm-hmm. Whether we're looking at understanding like political trends or understanding your own trends, astrology is a great tool for that. So you may want to tell that to your, to your bestie. Tell her yeah. I said so. <laughs> well, and I will, and I'm going to send her this recording okay, great. Too, great. so she can watch it. Hey girl. The, the, right. The other thing is, you know, you, you said 
the whole like reading the horoscope thing. And I think how understanding astrology can really help us because I know that for in Vedic astrology that it's different, you know, but I, I believe that when you understand the alignment of the stars, when you come into this world and the path of your life, I, I feel that there are good times to do certain things and not ideal times to yeah. do certain things. So can you speak yeah. to that a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. You know, there are many ways of identifying cycles. Every planet, so astrologers generally work with 10 planets. Every planet has its own cycle. And so if we look at, let's say, Saturnian cycles, um, and Saturn is a pretty slow moving planet. It takes approximately 29 years to kind of return to its exact location of where it was when you were born. And so when we go through Saturn cycles every seven years, it hits each point and planet in the birth chart. Those are generally not fertile times. They're times of um, kind of pruning your garden, tending to growth. And that often means cutting things back. And when people try to, let's say, conceive during Saturn periods, it doesn't go great. And people do it all the time. When people try to um, kind of create something new, it becomes on some level an unintentional self-fulfilling prophecy because we're meant to cut back under those influences. Um, conversely, Jupiter or Uranus transits, they kind of compel us to try new things and be open and be innovative in different ways with those two planets. And so they're incredibly fertile times, you know, incredibly fertile times. Some transits, um, they tell us what is happening in the body. And they're like, okay, so you need to start flossing your teeth right now, or you're going to have long-term problems. You can see that in the birth chart. It's amazing. And so when we look at the timing that our lives... So from an astrological viewpoint, when we look at the birth chart as a tool for understanding the timing that our lives wants us to participate in, that doesn't mean we need to be obedient to that. It doesn't mean we need to be mindless about it, but it does mean that we don't have to do it alone, that there is a broader picture and you can work with the data that astrology yields, and you can work with your own cycles to see, does it make your life more productive? For me, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And for other people, you know, maybe it wouldn't. But I think that using astrology as a tool for understanding the energy that is running through your life and helping you kind of make the most of it and capitalize on it is just amazing. You know, it's like the right, I don't know, there's, there's no downside, IMO. Yeah. And I, I like that because to me, it's just another medium of understanding yourself and absolutely in a sense, just becoming more intimate to your highest self. Yep. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And even from a medical astrology standpoint, the thing that's really interesting to me and, and part of what kind of motivated me to study medi medical astrology is that the body is often holding issues that we need to learn how to express and experience. And when they get trapped or locked or when we overexpress them, the body holds it and it holds it, holds it as um, disease or discomfort or hyperextension in the system or whatever. And over the course of time, we know that human bodies, um, you know, develop issues that get worse with time because the body kind of gets worn down, right? And what's interesting to me is that with astrology, we can look at, well, what are the spiritual lessons underneath it? What are the, 
mental components of it? What are the emotional components and not just the physical components? And that allows for a deeper and more comprehensive approach to healing so that the system doesn't have to kind of like, doesn't have to work on its own. It's kind of like the metaphor that's coming up for me is, you know, I live in the Bay Area and there's just like tons of tech. And so a common thing in tech companies is like one person does this one little part of the UX design. Another person does another part of the code. And like no one person's doing all the things in big tech companies. Uh, Maybe that's true in all industries. I don't know. But it's kind of like that. It's like we do that with our own healing. We're just like, I'm focusing on my body. It's the body. Well, is it? What is the body? The body is energy. You know, it's energy turned into matter. So how do we access all parts of our energy to serve our matter, you know? And, and that applies to all levels. There's, there's all the levels exist um, of all the things in our lives. And astrology, again, from the way I use it, is a tool for understanding those multiple dimensions of each individual thing, you know? And, yeah. and so it's something I'm really passionate about. Oh yeah, no, and obviously, I mean, you are because yeah. you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I'm really passionate about and that, it, and that's awesome. A quick message from our sponsor: If you're looking for a nutrient system that truly embraces and complements the mind-body balance in a holistic, nurturing way, then Wellness Kits from Uveda are your natural answer. They're created with the help of naturopathic and Ayurvedic practitioners committed to the healing traditions mantra of purity and harmony. These top quality ingredients are hand-picked and refined in a way that preserve utmost quality and potency. Discover a wide range of formulas that deliver essential fatty acids, herbs, probiotic strains, and enzymes to help support your health and wellness needs. Whether you're looking for a natural detox support, a gentle digestive aid, soothing probiotics, or a formula dense in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, you can be assured you're getting only the best natural healing remedies for your body. Go to uveda.com, that's Y-O-U-V-E-D-A.com, and enter the promo code ROSIE, R-O-S-I-E, for a special discount on your first purchase. To stay on this topic a little bit further, right now we're in 2019, it's summer, is there a, a, are there certain times just as a culture, as a, as a people that uh, some, what we should all be doing right now in this time? You know, I know that there is a lot of stuff going on politically and environmentally. Um, in, in astrology, is there certain things like where you look at the greater whole, whereas you could say, right now we all need to be doing this or we should all be striving more for this or that kind of thing. Does it work that way? Yeah, it does. It does. So it's in, in efforts to answer that question, what we would do is we would look at the outer planets, which are the slower moving planets. Um, they're referred to as both the social and the generational planets. So that's Jupiter and Saturn are the social planets. And then the generational planets are Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. And we are in... I mean, a really profound period right now. Um, Uranus is in the sign of Taurus. And the last time it was in the sign of Taurus is when we had Mussolini and Hitler. Yeah, yes. Um, and this transit of Uranus through Taurus, and, and there are other things that were happening in that time frame, 30s, 40, the 1930s and 40s. Um, there are other things that were happening during that time frame, but as we look at the world around us, we are seeing a global rise of strongmen and fascists in power. We are seeing 
um, a global rise of a question of which people matter and to how many of the people and at what cost. Mm. And we also have, um, I mean, there's a lot of things I could say about this, but we also have something called the Pluto return um, of the United States of America. And what this means is that Pluto is returning to the same sign, the same degree it was as when uh, the United States was um, like its birthday, basically. And so we are seeing a lot of reoccurring themes from that time. Mm -hmm. Not great themes, IMO, not great themes, because it wasn't a great situation. Um, And so... And I could, I could like delineate more things. I don't want to overwhelm people. Um, but this is a time for dire consequences. And mm. these consequences are being felt in government and in the corporate sphere and into the structures where we uh, function as individuals and families and communities. So this is like within your home, this is within your local government, your state government, your federal government, and then the agreements between countries. So there's a lot of things that are happening now. And so when, when you ask me that question, what really comes up for me is every single person that is alive right now has a role to play. And whether our approach is complacency and saying, mm-hmm. well, it's not important to me, you yeah. know, um, or our matter. Right, exactly. Yeah. The, the other thing is, you know, some people say, well, I really care about the welfare of animals, but I don't like people. Or I really care about racial justice, but I don't care about gay people or whatever it is. You know, we, we all have our thing that we feel more called to. But when we start to empower ourselves to say, but I don't care about X, I only care about Y, we have lost a really important thread mm. because our freedom and our, and our success and our liberty is tied to each other. It's tied to the people we love and the people we hate and the people we identify with and the people we don't. Mm-hmm. And from a spiritual standpoint, I think that that, that is somehow easier to accept mm-hmm. than on a behavioral standpoint, especially mm-hmm. if you spend time on Twitter or Reddit or something. Right, right. <laughs> um, real talk. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that, you know, in terms of what we are all on call to engage with, it's how we are participating and the responsibility we're taking for where the world goes. And I don't, again, mean to suggest that one individual should like take it all on, but every individual has to take on some of it. We're all, yeah. we're all culpable. We're all culpable. Yeah. And so what's something that we can do as conscious people in the world? Yeah. I think, you know, I am really. Um, passionate about issues related to social justice. I am deeply, deeply against concentration camps, whatever a person wants to call them. Calling them detention centers is wrong. Um, I think, first of all, talking about it more in spiritual communities because this all posy vibes, um, light and love, it's a problem. It's a problem because it comes from a place of privilege and privilege is not a problem. I want privilege, don't you? Yeah, I totally do. I've been working my whole life to get privilege. Exactly, exactly. Let's let's enjoy some privilege. But when my privilege happens on the backs of someone else, when I willfully say your suffering doesn't matter because I finally got my privilege, Mm -hmm. that's where we have a damn problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, within our spiritual communities, 
being able to say, this is happening and I stand opposed to it, knowing full well that some of our listeners, some of our readers, some of our friends will disagree with us. Let's have those conversations. Let's get real about it. Let's get real about how many people are deeply spiritually identified, but see politics as separate and social justice as separate from the connection to the divine. I don't know. Doesn't sound a lot. I mean, I'm Jewish. I don't know a lot about Jesus. I love the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. It's honestly, it's like an amazing movie. I don't know if you've seen the 1970 something version. It's amazing. <laughs> it is everything I know about Jesus, but he was a damn hippie. He was all about social justice. He was. I don't know if he is in the book. I love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. movie, he's amazing that way. Is he like that in the book too? Yes. Yeah, he is. So, the thing that I'm really interested in is how can we take the principles of the strongest spiritual leaders of our time and in history right. and apply them because all of them did the same thing. They mm-hmm. put themselves on the front line for those who are vulnerable. And if we think, you know, discovering astrology or yoga or anything else uh, somehow absolves us of the need to stand up for vulnerable people and yeah. signal boost people yeah. who are doing the work on the front lines, then, then we're not actually paying attention. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the whole idea of spiritual bypassing, right? Just mm-hmm. being able to bypass all of the bad stuff because we're like, oh no, if I just believe that none of this stuff is real and that this is just a narrative, then I can just live in this blissful state. Yeah. And that can be completely insidious to our own self-development, our own connection, our own connection to other people and so on. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I, I wasn't, the, the plan wasn't for us to get into this topic, but I'm glad yeah. that we did because yeah. I totally 100% agree with you. And I don't actually know that I do it enough on this podcast or just in general, because I, I truly believe, you know, any work that I've done outside of my career is just something that I just do, you know, mm-hmm. when it's like, I, I would really like to be sh- shedding more light on those those things, you know, like I it's work really with- really hard. Yeah, like working with at-risk youth or working with uh, organizations who are trying to, you know, reunite families and be able to speak to topics that are really important for our society and for us to be awake to and not become desensitized. You know, I have another friend who told me like, oh, I turned all my- news. Oh, I don't know what's going on in the world. I turn all my news apps off. I turn all my news. And I'm like, I get it. It could be overwhelming. But then to be d- completely disconnected to what's happening in the world, I believe is also part of the problem. Like we can't, we can't turn away. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, watching those ASPCA commercials with the dogs. Like I would always just forward it or change the channel and be like, I don't want to see it. Same. I'm yeah. like, no, this is I am grateful that there are people out there who are doing the work and are actually out there taking care of animals that are out there trying to reunite families that are out there trying to fight for social justice. I think it's important for us to celebrate those people and to be involved and to, you know, speak our truth. I'm not saying from one side of the aisle or the other. I think it's just important to be heard and to express ourselves because only in the listening can we begin to create change. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's tricky. You know, it's tricky because if for those of us who have, let's say, podcasts or columns or whatever, you are speaking to a really wide demographic of people. And the common wisdom is like, don't alienate people. But I, you know, I was actually interviewed not long ago and somebody asked me like, oh, you must be really comfortable being provocative. And I was like, 
no, why would you ask that? It would like shock me. But she was like, well, because you use the word tyrant and like fascist to describe Donald Trump. And I was like, that to me doesn't seem provocative. It seems very common sense. And that said, it is provocative still, unfortunately. You know, I, I think that, I think the more we as spiritual people stand at the front lines of the conversation or one of the many front lines, not the very front, you know, but we stand loudly and firmly against cruelty and against abuse and against hate. The more we do that, the stronger society becomes because Mm -hmm. spiritual people have cultivated the capacity for impersonal love, for love for trees and universe and God and babies and Mm -hmm. strangers. Mm -hmm. And we have a responsibility to share that and to model it as much as we're capable. And, you know, a lot of people, that's not how they're going to help. But for those of us who can, I do think it's important. I do think it's also really vulnerable because the kind of hate um, one is likely to get online for having a political stance, especially if that person happens to be a female, um, it's it's huge. It is really huge. And, and you know, we all have choices to make around it. But yeah. I think it's really important. And I, back to your original question, astrologically, I think it's really important. And whatever is happening now, keep your eyes on January 2020. Mm. Oh, I just yeah. got the chills. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm They're not, the chills. It's, yeah, it's not great. It's, it doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. So, yeah. Yeah. So sorry. on a so on a no, don't don't apologize. You know, I mean, we're we're no, realists here. Sorry. I'm deeply sorry. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, Derek. So so just to, you know, not end on a on a downer, you know, to just at least we know we're all in, in this journey together. And in our journey, we are always gonna encounter good and not great. So I think it's important for us to just be prepared and it's just to me, I just go back to comparing it to meditation practice. It's not, we don't sit and practice because it's always going to feel great. Sometimes we sit and we practice because it's what we have to do. It's our duty, right? Just going back to the Bhagavad Gita and, um, you know, Krishna telling Arjuna that this is his duty. He's a soldier. This is part of his path. You know, we have to just be willing to do what we need to do. It's, it's part of us being. Uh, just humans in the world and conscious people in the world and to always just have our intention be to serve our highest good and to impact people in the most positive way. Absolutely. So, um, and I love that this is where our conversation went. I'm really grateful. And I'm so just excited to just have you and be connected with you because I think you're amazing. And like I said, I'm a big fan of what you're doing and your podcast and, and everything that you're doing out in the world. I, I just, I'm grateful to have people like you in my, in my atmosphere. So for the people that are listening, uh, where can they reach you? Where can they connect with you and just give us a little bit of a inside scoop as to what we can look forward to? Okay, sure. But first I have to say, Yay, Mutual Appreciation Society. And people can't see that the whole time that you were saying that I was like trying to silently clap and cheer you and say, thank you, you too. Um, But I felt like I didn't just want to be silent through that and I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, Okay. And also I am totally excited that we got to do this and that our conversation went this direction. Not what I expected either, but I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's important. I agree. Um, So if people are interested in finding me online because they're mad at what I said, 
I can't remember where to find me. I'm so sorry. But if you are, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, uh, I'm Jessica Lignato and you can find me on social media, mainly Instagram and Twitter at Jessica Lignato. You can go to my website, which is love Lignato or jessicalignato.com. Um, I have a weekly horoscope. I have a monthly horoscope. You can keep the TLC show I did um, at the start of the year called Stargazing. It's online, not on TV. Um, thank you very much. Um, what else can you do? You can download Tiny Spark for iOS. Um, it's free and there's no ads, so do it. You have no excuse not to. Listen to my weekly podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, um, where I answer listener questions. I do talk about politics now and again, and I give the weekly horoscope. Um, what else can you do? You can also, um, oh, I'm, you can pre-order my book, Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. That's what it's called. Oh, Yeah, you can pre-order it in a bunch of places. Uh, and uh, it's a book about astro- astrology and relationships, which I'm yes. very excited about. Well, um, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm excited oh. to have you on again to talk about that. So I would love that. I'm really excited about the book. I can't even tell you. I'm excited because it's not just about love relationships. It's about chosen family and friends. And it's about hookups and like early stages dating, which I feel like those two things, astrology books don't usually do. They're just like, you shall marry a man who has or whatever. But this is just like, if you are boning, this is how you handle it, which is a totally different approach. Um, that is, I just said that. Okay. And then there's one other thing. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it wasn't as graceful no, as whatever. I was going for, but it happened. Um, I feel like there was something else I could tell you to do. Oh, and I, I have classes, a couple of webinars that you can purchase on my website. One about emotional intelligence, cultivating emotional intelligence. It's really helpful. And the other one is on the same topic as the book. It's about intimacy issues and relationships. Um, and so, yeah. You can spend way too much time on my website just digging in. So yes. do that. And so for those of you that are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, if you go to the info button, you can get all of those links that Jessica just mentioned on the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you go to the info section just below this video, you will find all of those links as well, as well as a link to pre-order Jessica's book. Please do that. And sign up for her newsletter. It's awesome. And yes, just follow her and all of the amazing things that she's doing. So before I let you go, I ask all of my uh, guests this question. And so um, it has to do with this community, with this podcast, Radically Loved, is this idea that we are radically loved and supported by God, universe, source, whatever higher power of your understanding. If not, it's just the idea that the universe works for us and not against us. We can accomplish our highest potential and live our our best lives. So the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? You know, my response right now, I'm in this little pod as we sit and talk. And my, my tiny little pod is literally a shed with no electricity and it's in my backyard and it's facing this big, beautiful plum tree. And I'm obsessed with trees. It's a little backyard, but there's a lot of trees. And what really came up for me when you asked that question was, I feel really loved by trees. I feel really connected to trees. And there's this way that trees are so inspiring because they stand alone, but their roots go really deep down into the earth. And they're, it's like the tree's nervous system. And each of the trees, their nervous system, their roots touches each other, right? They like 
they, they reach out. And I'm so inspired by that. And I, I feel really, actually, when I tap into the energy of trees, it's this really limitless resource of, of love. And over the course of time, I mean, trees have staying power, right? Um, and so maybe that's not the exact answer that you were expecting, but that, that's really what, what comes up for me. And, and I, I'm really deeply, I feel very loved by trees. I love that. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much. That was lovely. Oh, thank you so much. Please come back on the show. We'd love to have you. Please, I will see you next week. Come, I'll come back right away. <laughs> no, that would be a really boring podcast. No, no, no. I'm won't. so sorry. But, no, but yes, I would love to come back. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.